0: what is up everyone welcome back to walking with the king podcast i have a very special guest today his name is
1: Craig
0: nice to see you finally it's been a long time coming Trey is a really good friend of ours. His wife, Rochelle, grew up with Robert. Y'all know Robert. He's my husband. If y'all haven't met him, go back a couple of episodes. He's right there. But they pretty much grew up together in diapers. And they just rekindled their friendship just a while back ago. And I met Trey. He's an awesome dude. Y'all guys are going to love him. And boy, will I tell you, he has a testimony. Don't you?
1: I do, I do
0: and I'm just really excited that I finally am able to have you here so we could talk about this because your story is just so powerful, I know it's going to touch somebody, if it's not going to touch one person, they're going to tell somebody and that's going to impact them tremendously Absolutely. so tell me a little bit about yourself before we go into this
1: so about me um, as you know, grew up out in the country just uh, a Texas-born and raised, country boy, um, from central Texas, moved down to south Texas, uh, in 2016, started in the Oldfield, field, been with my company for seven years, met my wonderful wife, Rochelle, down here, and and then this year you met, or last year, you met y'all. So, mm. been, been a good ride so far.
0: Yeah, it's been really awesome. Uh, Trey and Rochelle just came into our community group. Y'all met Alma before. She's a part of our community group. It's so all one big happy family. We're just so excited that we're able to add another couple to the mix. So, we are so happy to just be here talking about your testimony, see what God has done with you, and I don't know about you, but I'm
1: excited. I'm very excited, very (laughs) ready to get started.
0: Well, let's get to it. So tell me, what's going on?
1: All right, so my testimony starts really from day one. So, obviously, hearing me, I do have a speech impediment of when I was born i was born four months premature i weighed less than a pound i was born dead the uh, cord was wrapped around my neck um so i was born dead blue the whole nine um it brought me back and i was diagnosed with uh, cerebral palsy during the process of reviving me, my granddad was in the waiting room and it was a full waiting room. He was in the back corner um, by himself and the old man entered this busy waiting room and uh, walked all the way to the back where he was and asked him if I, if he was my granddad, and uh, he said yes, and he gave him a envelope and said, "Give this to his mom and dad, and don't worry, uh, God has him." Mm-hmm. And turned around and walked off. Now my granddad don't have a clue who this is. Never seen him. Never saw him again. Um, in that envelope was a letter basically to sum it up don't listen to the doctors your son will be fine um he can be a very mighty man of good he'll be musically inclined and um just have faith and believe and that's the letter i have sitting right there next to my desk here so um they brought me back. The doctor told my mom and dad that I'm blind, deaf, couldn't walk, couldn't even never talk. Basically, dead with a heartbeat.
0: Wow.
1: With the twenty four seven care. Um, never be able to do anything on my own. Mm. him And my dad looked at the doctor. Oh, my dad is a he's a believer, but he's. Not a, not an avid believer. Told him, you know, he was wrong. My my son will be fine. And um, uh, they brought me back the next day. They came back in and told my mom and dad, I don't know what happened, but your son can see. He can hear. Um, wow. He's doing a lot better. I spent two months in the. I guess you would call it the incubator, like a ventilator for yeah. babies. Like those um, little tubes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I spent two months in there. Uh, just to give you an idea of how big I was, I could literally, my dad said from my, the base of my head to the top of my thighs fit in his hand. Wow. So that's how, I mean, I was... Like I said, I was under a pound.
0: And you were four months premature, like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, that's where it started. Uh, fast forward, uh, my mom and dad actually get a divorce very short time before or after I was born. Um, so I only grew up with a split family, so I really didn't know no different. Um, we lived in Eastland whenever I was young and my dad was a police officer at the time, pretty normal life. Uh, my mom met her second husband, got married and we moved to Evelyn. Um, during that time, life was pretty normal, probably the most normal my life was ever going to be. Um, then when I hit about fourth grade, my dad got custody of us and that was a rough custody battle that we were very much involved with. My dad tried to keep us out of it, but my mom was very much adamant on telling us every little detail of the case, everything that was said and being done. and basically telling her young children, they're trying to take you away from me forever. So Mm -hmm. the kids were hearing that, and it immediately got to to just just look at our day differently. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he got cut to the of us. It was a rough start. Uh, My mom was very laid back, not very strict my dad ran the house like a military base mm. it was his way there was no highway it was just his <laughs> way um so very different parenting styles but um little did I know that that was gonna be something that I missed later on in life um so I grew up there, he was already remarried at this point. Perfectly normal baby cleaver life. You know, mm-hmm. other than having a mom outside of the, the house, it was normal. Yeah. Went to school, went to church, did martial arts, did sports, a whole night. Um, and just to give an update that I skipped, I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. I'm perfectly. Amen. I'm perfectly normal other than speech. Mm-hmm. I can walk. I can drive. I, I've. I'm. when You, you do see very me, well for yourself. Yeah. When you see me walking down the road, you wouldn't know I had cerebral palsy, which is a very. Yeah. No. Very I didn't unique, even know
0: that until just right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, so it's a very unique case, and. Uh, Doctor can't explain it, so you know what that means only God. Yep. So, um, but you
0: can't explain it, it has to be God.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, jump back into my timeline here. Um, so, I lived with my dad from fourth to sixth grade. My dad moved down to South Texas, five hours away from my mom. Did not like it, did everything I could to make. Their life horrible to where I could go back and live with my mom. I only stayed down here for six months and then moved in with my mom. At the time, I thought that was a dream come true. Um, I can tell you right now, as a kid, you do not know what's best for you. In hindsight, looking back, I should have never left. Yeah. Um. So I moved in with my mom, at this point she was already divorced from her second husband she was married to her third husband before I moved back. He was a sickness, he abused her, he actually when I moved in was after he finally left But we would visit and stuff before I moved in and he was abuser her. He'd I mean, when I say a I like did do worship Satan. They he was the son of Satan. Um, I remember at like 12 years old, sitting at the dining table and having a, a full-on holy war going on mm. in my house. And my mom says she remembers looking over and she could vividly see a line through the middle of the table, and on his side it was dark, and on my side it was a lot lighter. Wow. But she could physically see the spiritual realm colliding. Yeah. And that went on for several years. Uh, When I moved in with her, he was gone. We found a manifesto, basically of where he was gonna sacrifice my mom.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Drink her blood and then kill himself to where they could be one and rule held together. Besides that, that was his plan. He had an altar, he had human skulls, he had all nine, we found a pentagram underneath her bed. We found all, all kinds of stuff everywhere. Oh my gosh. Um, so I moved in right <laughs> after that, You know, it sounds like a heavy home so far. <laughs> um, so I moved in. Uh, when I first moved in, it was a dream control come true for, you know, a 13 year old boy. Um, could do whatever I wanted when I wanted, mm. and no rules. Mm. You know, I had some room but my mom was four foot eleven, and and uh, she was medically disabled—not physically. She had asthma and a bunch of other laundry list of medical issues. Mm. So there wasn't much she could do at a punishment. Now don't get me wrong; I didn't take advantage of her. I was a good son. But if I wanted to go at it, at 2 a.m., I was walking out the door. Mm. And she knew that, so it was just a mutual understanding. And uh, so anyway, um, after that, after I moved in, um, everyone, I started seeing things. So my mom coded 13 times in, in her life. So, when, when somebody codes, that's the legal and medical term for dead. Oh. So, she died and they brought her back 13 times. Oh, wow. Resulting in severe short term memory loss. Um, so, she would take her medication, walk in the kitchen, make something to drink, walk back taking medication. Mm. And she might do that four times in one night. Oh, wow. So there were several times where she would be just completely zonked out because she was on every painkiller you can get in a pill form. Wow. Um. So, at that my mom was a good-hearted woman. So, every man that came into her life, she wanted somebody to fix. So, my mom dated like the worst of the worst. Um, so she dated, um, drug dealers, she dated people on drugs, she dated people in gangs, motorcycle gangs, um, that was her, I mean, somehow she dreaded the worst. So, uh, growing up around that was very difficult, and I'll get into a lot more detail in that, but I want to start off by saying my grandma was very much involved in church, and uh, I got saved when I was eight years old, so I've mm-hmm. always been a Christian, but she really honed, my faith. She showed me what, what prayer can do. She I remember any time my mom was in the hospital. She didn't care who was around. She would be shouting Jesus at the top of her lawn, speaking in tongues. I mean she was a woman of faith and so was my great grandma. So um we I found a church home there And uh, I was telling you this earlier, one of my best friends who I consider a brother, Jason, uh, his dad was a pastor of the church and his grandparents also pastored the church we went to. And I'll get into how they really affected my life. Um, So I started going to church off and on there. I always really knew there was a call in my life, but I tried to ignore it. At 13, 14 years old, I was very much a rebellious kid. Um, I remember my grandma took me to a revival at that point. I had a, mo- a red mohawk, I was doing MMA, um, I was very much a fighter. Because I got picked on a lot, so if you looked at me, <laughs> if you looked at me wrong, I was just going to take your face in before you could say something. Just that's the mindset I had.
0: You're a Simon Peter. <laughs> oh,
1: big time, big time. So uh, she sent me to a revival that I did not want to go to, but Nina, I ain't going to say no to Nina. So we're sitting there, we're in the back. And it's a revival, so it ain't like 20 people, it's more like, you know, 400 pastors up there just talking away, and I'm sitting there like, oh, I cannot wait to get out of here. But part of it intrigued me, because he was a very passionate teacher, and I was like, man, I really, I really, I mean, he's a good communicator, I'll give him that. And... I believed in God. I never not believed in God. I just, at that time, of like, all right, God, I believe in you, but you stay in your corner. I'm going to stay in my corner and kind of do my own thing. For yeah, living. you
0: were like uh, lukewarm in a oh, way.
1: Oh, yeah, time. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and the dude just stops. I mean, dead sermon just stops. And immediately in my soul, I felt that I'm like the dude's about to call me out, and I mean in my soul, like it was just like somebody just put a br- ton of bricks on me, and I had no reason to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And short enough, he started praying, and he's like, "There's a young boy here. There's a, here's a calling on your life, and and you know God called you to preach and all kinds of stuff." He turns and literally points me out of the ground. So he prays for me, a bunch of other people pray for me. I go on, I'm on fire for God for a couple months and then I kind of go back to my old ways. Well, I'm in the dentist's office, getting some work done on my teeth. Dennis is sitting there drilling away in this random moment walks up and like hey you know you called to preach gotta put a calling on your life, and you walked off <laughs> and the dude is like do you know her <laughs> no <laughs> do you <laughs> no okay, okay then. <laughs> so of course grandma was sitting there just shaking her head because she knew all along since so day one the man I was supposed to be. Um, so, I, I say that by saying I've always had a calling in it, but God it made it abundantly clear. Oh yeah. I just haven't always listened. So, um, we're uh, kind of in the midst of my mom dating because in and out. Um, man. During that time, she did some really bad dad that, that really affected me. One of them, he was on drugs, like most of them was. He, when they broke up, he started stalking her. Mm. Um, By stalking, I mean, he would sit up in our trees, climb on our roof. He ripped the front door off the hinges. If you never seen somebody on Bad Salt, they turn turn into Like like
0: zombies.
1: A a zombie and like a hope, so we literally ripped the door off the hinges. Um In the meantime, I'm the only person there standing between my mom and all these different monsters. Mm. Um how old were you? At that point, probably 13, 14 years old. Wow. Um, so he, he deals that. My grandma was actually in the paper because my grandma was a very religious woman, yeah. but she carried and she showed up at the house and actually held him on the ground at gunpoint to police could get there and arrest her and she made the local news. As Wait, a, they arrest her? No, him. I'm, oh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I was I like, to, what? I to him. My bad. Not her. She was actually praised and like, oh, you okay. know, she was known in the community for being a godly woman. So the article was like, all because you follow Jesus don't mean you ain't packing or something like that. It was <laughs> funny. Um, I guess that's where your,
0: your love for guns came, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely. She uh, she, she never went anywhere but that little 38, but, uh, so anyway, that was one of them that, the, I mean, there'd been a bunch of them. If I went through the whole list, I would be here all night, but, um, another big one was a guy that was on steroids and heroin and a bunch of other stuff, so he's a really strong, strong man, and, uh him and my mom got into it and then my mom took a bunch of different pills and she passed out and when I walked in he was doing stuff to her while she was passed out and then I had my girlfriend that time over and when I went to pull him off of course he pinned me down with choking me and all kinds of stuff and uh He leaned down, whispered in my ear, said, when I'm done effing you up, I'll finish with your mom and then I'm gonna go get your girlfriend in there. Oh, wow. And that lit something in me that I never felt in my life. I was able to get him off of me. I was able to actually subdue him as a 13 year old going up against a 30 something year old gym rat that's on steroids got him out of the house finally. That took months and months and months. Um, she had guys just in general you never knew when you were going to walk in and they were going to be beating her or taking advantage of her or you know. Yeah. She she bit up two guys that helped her on the side of the highway and they were in a motorcycle gang, and I saw... I, I've been to the clubhouse, and if you've never been to an MC clubhouse, you'll see things that a 14-year-old should not be looking at. Um, There have been fights at my house. They've been... You know, when you see your mom abused so much, mm. it almost... Like, I, I almost... Uh, even to the day, like, it bothers me, but it, it's almost numb when yeah. I talk about it, because it just, it was a normal occurrence. Mm-hmm. Like, I never knew when I walked through that door what I was going to see. Um, I, I've i had to, to try to take on real men. Um, I've had to pull guns on them to get them at the house i had to chase one guy at the help with a knife because he was trying to kill every all of us keep in mind all these guys, when they left they never just left and yeah. disappeared yeah they were only coming back stalking her blowing up her phone beating on my window beating on the doors so as a kid you're trying to sleep at night and you got to do beating on your window trying to get in your house God knows what. I mean, it was so bad that the cops knew me by first name and I could call and they knew what I was. Wow. And then my mom was in the hospital so much that EMS knew who we were and where we were. So when she wasn't being abused or taken advantage of, she was in the hospital sick. Um... I watched my mom coach twice and she told me bye twice. She looked me in my eye and told me by. Hmm. So um' I've rough for a yeah. kid you know to look at your mom so I remember sitting beside her bed at night watching her sleep, making sure she was breathing and uh, stuff like that. The whole time all of this is going on. That church family I mentioned earlier, they, they man, they became my family. I, he was at my house a lot during this. He saw some of what I saw. So he's, I, I think that's why we so close because he, he knew I wasn't over exaggerating anything.
0: Y'all shared um, that trauma in a way. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, thank God nothing was major when he was there. And prayed the Lord that none of this happened around my little sister that was also living there. And thank God none of them did anything to her because the, I, I yeah. would have wound up in jail. And um, I almost did, on my breaking part, I was ready to just be done and, and just... just it, uh, I'll get into more detail later on, but they really took me in they were like a family to me they still are a family to me so i definitely want them if they listen to this to know that they helped me through the hardest times in my life they built my faith so much just going to that church on wednesday nights and sunday nights and me and me and jason would drive up there when i got my license and we would be up at that church until 2 o'clock in the morning just worshiping. Just me and him, because it wow. was his grandparent's church, he had yeah. the keys. And um, it was just to the day, I not even call, go to Adler and walk into that house, and it would be like I never left. Wow. I still have a key to their home. Hmm. So they are just phenomenal people um amazing pastors. they really shaped me in my in my walking life. Um my grandma loved them dearly. Um towards the end of when I finally decided to leave my mom's house. She was with the guy for a while. Um the guy was in and out of jail in and in out Rehab, he attacked me on two occasions. He attacked her. And like I said, I'm only covering some of these guys. There was, it, it was every week. There mm-hmm. was a new a new guy. But the old ones would come back. And uh, so the guy, he went to jail and he went rehab. He, I mean, he didn't abuse her, but their relationship was definitely not good at all. Um, I came home one day and I saw bruises on my mom. And automatically based off of what I've been through, I assumed it was um, because he was beating her. Mm-hmm. So my first reaction was, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm gonna make an example. i of them. to beat the dude so bad that nobody can want come in this house. So I, am sitting there and I'm, I'm screaming and yelling at my mom for letting having it yet again, and she's like, "Enough what you think? Enough what you think?" I'm like, "Yeah." Just like they all weren't what I thought. You know, same thing you always say, no, 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 it's not. not." And she's just bawling, like, more than she ever has. I'm like, when that dude walks through that door, I'm gonna kill him. I'm going to kill him. And she's like, it's not what you think. And she just hit her knees and said, I'm doing heroin. Mm -hmm. And that, I just sat there and was like, do what? My painkillers aren't working no more, and, and he's been giving me here. Wow. And that, just, I, I can't even put into words the amount of rage I had because not long before this, a couple of years before this, she was on one of her. Brain pages. She would take the pills and zonk out, or forget who I was. Mm. And she would get on the kicks where she, oh, I'm gonna go kill myself. She told me that my entire life. That was her way to keep me from leaving. Oh, I'm gonna go kill myself. Well, one day, um, she grabbed my little sister and grabbed her forty-five said, I'm going to go back there and kill myself. But she was dragging my sister with her. So, I hurt her, but I forcefully took my sister away. She commenced to beat me and then called the cops on me for touching her. And Mm -hmm. they removed me from the house for a month. Um, so fast forward when I found out she was on heroin, I'm like, "You, you not me removed. You did all this stuff, and now you're doing heroin. Like, really?" Yeah. And um, you know, I remember seeing spoons and stuff in her bedroom. Like, I'm a, I'm a, at that point. I'm 16 years old. I don't know about that. I, I didn't even watch Breaking Bad at that point because. <laughs> I, at that point I was at like the height yeah. of my of my religiousness you know my my faith yeah like I would go to church I was doing the revivals I was actually preaching on Sunday nights once the month at my home church and stuff like mm-hmm. like I was at the top of my my relationship with Christ, I felt like so the whole time at church I'm on this hilltop every time I drove home Valley. Yeah. And you can't get away from it. It mm-hmm. was so I spent a lot of time at at the church to try to cope with what was going on at home and they knew some of it but nowhere. There are people in my family that don't have a clue about some of these details. So I found out she's on hand when her boyfriend walked in, and she's like, he gave it to me. He's been getting it. So I pinned him up against the wall, because at this point, I'm 16. I'm nearly fully grown. I can handle my own. I've been doing it since I was 13 years old, doing with grunt men. I know how to handle Yeah. So I pinned him up against the wall. He's splitting up and down. Man... I'm, I swear to you, I've been clean. I've been clean. I ain't doing nothing. And so I'm shaking his arms, shaking his feet, shaking his legs. I'm like, Mom, he don't have a single mark on him. Like, are you really trying to get me to hurt this just to take attention away from you? And at this point, I went a little faster. Yeah. And she was like, No, look at his chest. So I looked at him, and he he just, his eyes got real big I'm my finger shirt. So he did, and of course I could see all the marks. And this was the moment that I can honestly say if I did not have God, I would not be sitting here right now, because at that very moment, I had a revolver sitting about two feet from me fully loaded that I fully intend on killing that man with at that moment. And something in me was like you cannot do the calling you have on your life if you do this. Mm. And the other part of me was this man cannot live for what he had done. And I was babbling, begging for it and I saw him look down at a knife. I told him basically he gave me a reason I would do it. Um, And then the most weird thing when I looked back at Evan, we sat down at the table and talked it out. Wow. Which I never thought would happen. Um, They continued doing their stuff off and on. Um, He finally left. My mom was searching for another man. Um, He was asking that all the time from overtaking pills and stuff like that. So, the summer before my senior year, I went to my dad's to visit. And uh, a five-day trip turned into a 14-day trip turned into a three-week trip. And I, I'll never forget this. I'm sitting in, and, and let me say before I finish, my dad was around, mm. and my dad was present, but my dad didn't know the full extent of what was going on because I never wanted to tell him because I knew what would happen. Yeah. And I, I, she had me believe that if I left, she was going to kill herself. Yeah. So I had to bottle all this stuff up. The only people that knew a little bit with Jason. My grandma, who lived right up the road, that, that had to deal with this stuff too. My granddad knew a little bit. Um, They were divorced, so he was in another town. Um, but my dad was definitely there. My dad was very present. My dad is the reason I am the way I am today. I've seen that man work for 72 hours straight, never giving up. I've seen him take his name from nothing and build it into something that, that it proud enough that me and all my brothers have his cattle brand, which his name, I mean, we don't have a big cattle range or nothing, but it represents our last name and we are so proud of what he's done with that last name that we all have it tattooed on us. The ones that are old enough to have it because it's a symbol of, uh, my dad's real dad was a druggie, a bad, bad guy. That, our name was tarnish. And my dad took it from nothing and built it to where you can walk into the town where he's from and say our last name. And it's a respectable name. So, he was definitely around. I do not want people thinking he was an absolute father. He was always there. It's just I kept stuff from him. Yeah. So, I'm down there. He's like, man, I really enjoyed you being here. I'm, I'm going to miss you tomorrow when I mean, you go home, really. This is the longest you've ever stayed. No more you can't leave your mom that long. And I'm like, yeah. I'm a miss to do it pretty, pretty peaceful. And my dad was like, you know, my dad was a cop for a while. He thought like, peaceful. Yeah. What do you mean? My dad knew a little bit about the guy she was with but well, he didn't know what I was going through. He thought they were Japan guys. Hmm. And, you know, he would call and be like, hey, I know the guy. Like, he's a dopey and get away from him. But well, he didn't know they were doing all this stuff in front of me. And uh, I'm like, yeah, give me peace. It's been nice, it's so calm and structured and blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting there and I remember he just looked at me and what? like, tell me what's going on, son. My dad ain't a sensitive man. Yeah. My dad's a very old-fashioned, you, you pick your boots up and you truck on, you don't you don't kneel for anybody and you don't fall for anybody. Hmm. And, uh, man, he looked at me with the most compassion I've seen. And then, like, tell me what's going on, and I just broke. I mean, it just came flying out my mouth. And the whole time I lived with her, she bedmoiled at him, told me all these horrific things that he allegedly did to her that never happened. I found court documents that dismissed every claim she had. And um I broke down and told him everything. And he was like, you know, son, you're you're a man. It's your decision and I, I I told him I wasn't going back. Towards the end of my time living with my mom, my grandma got diagnosed with cancer three different times. Mm -hmm. She got diagnosed with breast cancer and brain cancer twice. I was living with her towards the end, and uh, that was the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. It wasn't so much leaving my mom, i leaving my sister behind and leaving my neighbor behind because she had a stroke at that point. She was just, she needed somebody. And uh, it, it was it was difficult. You know me, Tess. I don't, I don't like to get choked up. I definitely don't want to get that way on the podcast. But <laughs> it, it, it's hard because she was just... Because I remember when I called her and I, I told her that I wasn't coming home. She started crying. She said, You know, Trey, I know this is the best for you. I'm just gonna miss you. Um, the last couple months of me living there, we really built a, a very strong relationship because, like, <laughs> my grandma didn't sleep i mean mm-hmm. she did but she didn't so she'd be up all night watching tv and um or preaching or game shows so anytime i could sleep i, I had somebody to come talk to um i told my mom she wasn't even there when i moved out she didn't even look at me mm. um I went down there got all my stuff. Then all my stuff for my grandma's. That was hard. And uh, I moved in with my dad. And I quickly realized that structure that I hated so much as a kid. I was so happy for as at that point. And uh, I moved in in July of twenty 16, I started school, um, uh, got a phone call in November that my great-grandma had a stroke. And my great-grandma, when you look up the definition of a saint, that woman had it. Like, I can I don't, I don't know, I, 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 I Honestly, I think she played it better than some of the people in the actual Bible, wow. be honest. Because, I mean, even everything that my mom went through with all her husbands and stuff, we couldn't talk bad about any of those people. Mm-hmm. They were all God's children. Oh, they were just lost. Yeah. That's the type of mentality the woman had. I mean, the sheer love she had. So, I call, she had a stroke. At that point, I'm already working for the same company I'm, I'm working for now. Um, I called my boss and my dad was working there at the time. He was also my boss. I told him, hey, this is what's going on. I'm going back home. So I drove back home. I say home. around home area. Um, she hit three strokes in the time I was there. And by the time I left, she passed away. Had mm. um, her funeral, I was one of her pallbearers. She was in her 80s. She lived a long, happy life. Yeah. She definitely was with the Lord. If anybody was <laughs> with the Lord, she put the Lord. I believe she had that. The, growing up, I was taught about a, a purple robe you get if your label was a saint. Hmm. Or or something in that regard. I, I believe she definitely had that label. She man I I she's one of people I can't wait to 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 see God. when I when I get there I just can't wait to hear what God's perspective was on her life. Yeah. Because man, I, I strive to be like that every day but I'm very far from it. Um so this happened in November. We had Thanksgiving. I saw my mom and grandma. I led the day early to go see other family. And that's a decision that's gonna haunt me for a while. My towards the time my grandma moved in with my mom and my mom completely when I left. My mom flipped her life around. She quit doing quit dating, quit doing drugs and she actually told me she got saved. Wow. Now based up with of things I found out later. She was still struggling with being mm-hmm. sober. Yeah. But she told me she truly understand what it was to have a relationship with God and not, not and be able to talk to him. Wow. So I do believe she was saved. Amen. Mm. December 5th, the day before my mom's 40th birthday, my grandma woke up. The night before, my mom was putting together a care package for my brother, who was in Afghanistan at the time. So building a box for him and his entire platoon. That way they had something for Christmas. Grandma woke up on my mom's birthday, And she had to wait in the living room in the middle of making that box. Mm. With no rhyme or reason. There wasn't no, no nothing. It just let like, somebody walked up and flip the a, a lights, which, um, obviously me leaving a day, early, it really affected me. Yeah. Because I could have had one more day. So mm. I loved my great grandma in November. My mom died in December. My mom always had this running joke. She was like, I'll never turn 40. I'll always say I'm 39, even when I'm 80 years old. Wow. She, her time of death was around, like, 11-something that night, the day before her
0: birthday.
1: Wow. And I remember my grandma looking at me at my funeral, saying, if I knew Christy was being literal, I wouldn't have went to bed that night. Yeah. So, great grandma passes in November. Mom passes away in December. My grandma passes away in March, Mm. from unfortunately brain cancer. Took over. She had a brain bleed, and she passed. So that was a rough several several months. Um, it took a lot to get me through it. First time I've ever seen my dad cry in my life. One and only time is when he told me my mom was dead. And the part that hit him the most is I looked him in the eye and said, Dad, I've heard this three different times. Yeah. I've watched it twice and I've, I've been told she was dead three times. Are you sure? He's like, yes, she died. Yes, three times. And... You know, he he was crying because how do you tell your son you're telling that his yeah. mother died? You know, and uh, so that was rough. That was really rough. Um, that whole entire time was rough. But I say all that to say I wanted to save part to the end. So up until now, people are probably like, you know, you've been through a lot. It's pretty said, "I wanted, at the point tell you, at the goodness of what God had done." Hmm. So during that entire time, like I said I had church, and I had, I had all of these people around me. When I was thirteen years old, one summer, me and my buddy built a uh, basically a homemade rocket launcher trying to be cool and I actually blew myself up. What? Um, so y'all can't see, but this can, if you look at my shoulder here. Yeah. So I have a middle plate and about 13 screws in my shoulder. from being blown up from that. Doctor said it should've taken off my head
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Right up to my mom and grandma and in grandma pass. I was driving to Stephenville to see my green mm-hmm. I was asleep in broad daylight with my crew set on 85. And about went off a bridge. I hit the cement wall of a bridge. I flipped seven times. I rolled over 20 times. And I still slid on the driver's side with my arm hanging out the window for 180 yards. My truck looked like a Coke can that you got ran over.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: I climbed out. The people that rolled up didn't believe I was the driver. They thought I was making jokes. Um, My arm that was dragging on the ground, not a single scratch. I still got the shirt hanging in my closet. The buttons, it's a pearl snap. The buttons are grounded off. It looked like a grinder. Can I
0: take a picture of that?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, y'all stay tuned to the Instagram. I'm going to post it after.
1: My arm was unscathed. My body was unscathed. The only thing that happened was my hip hurt because the whole engine came in on me. When I jumped out, Riker showed up. Riker they're all running around looking for a dead body. I'm standing there, I got all these people around me, and I'm thinking, I'm dead. These are everybody who died on the bridge. They do not see you. Oh, <laughs> well, no, I thought they were all ghosts. Oh. And they were just standing there, Why? Like they didn't know what to do. They weren't even talking, they weren't moving, I'm thinking all these people died on the bridge, and I'm joining the, the ghost club. And uh, these cops are running around looking over a bridge. I'm my charts in a million pieces. And um, they're like, where's the driver? I'm like, I'm right here. They're like, it ain't time to be playing games. I'm like, you see the glass in my hair? Like, it's me. And they were like, how are you not dead? Well, when my truck quit flipping and sliding and rolling, it landed on its side and stopped. It was settled, it wasn't catering, it stopped. And then my truck, the guy behind me said it lifted up and flipped over and landed on what would be tires, but everything was gone at that point. Lifted up the ground, flipped, and sat back down. God's
0: like, let me help you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and I climbed out. Um, So those are three examples of where I've been told clinically and by everybody around, you should be dead. I was born dead i was grown up. I've been in court. I've been in a million situation with all her boyfriends. Yeah, thing. it could have went south, and they could have pulled the gun out of my yeah. hand. because as a twelve-year-old kid holding yeah. a, a mm-hmm. shotgun against somebody, yeah, they can just take it from you, and then you'll be dead. Yeah. Um. So. You know. Three times where I should have died that day and I've been told several times I have a calling on my life and that ain't proof I don't know what proof <laughs> to make case it was. Um, it's so, like I'm oh,
0: going to stop you right there because like there's a saying that I read like the devil should have killed me before, when he had a chance. Oh yeah. But the thing is is that he kept
1: trying he just oh, didn't yeah. succeed. Amen. Amen. So uh, all this happened I graduated prayed the Lord. Um I was still working at the company. I met my amazing wife, Rochelle on online actually. She's a phenomenal woman. She's helped me mm-hmm. through so much of this. She's helped me get over a lot of my anger she's called me down she tamed me she yeah. she't talk about a blessing in life that woman is more than I, I ever deserve on this mm-hmm. earth um she she's helped me so much my my dad have molded me into the man I'm supposed to be he he had one year. To undo all the bad that that I went through and all the bad habits I saw, and he did. He turned me into one of the most. I won't quit until my goal is, is achieved. Um. Another huge person that that in my life that helped was my boss, and I really want to give him a shout out. Cause man. The company never questioned me with my CP, never did anything. My boss took me in basically like a, a, a son. He's good, you know, him and my dad are close. I'm close to him. He's given me so many opportunities. He's built me up. He's, and not only that, he's, he's a Christian man. He, he was there for me when my mom died. He was there for me through all this growing. He's helped me. So I really do contribute him also as a factor of who I am today. And, man, most importantly, I just want to thank God for all the, all the Amen. things that he's, he's done for me and blessed me with. The calling he put on my life, the family he put in my life, y'all coming into our life. Robert has been amazing brother in Christ. I don't know if I've ever had a brother other than Jason that's close to me and Robert are. I mean, it, it feels like I've known him for 30 yeah. years. And yeah, all we like, were just talking
0: about that the other day because... Like a little backstory, a little a little pause mm-hmm. like y'all been like working out for almost a month like every single day yeah. at like 5 a.m. Yeah. I'm like,
1: who are you? <laughs> no, I love it I love it and uh, you mentioned the whole the devil shit killed me when he had the chance. Mm-hmm. but I have a new bound. Um, goal in, in my life and, and this has just been recently that I've really the fire built inside me so you're right the devil should have killed me mm-hmm. when he had the chance because now every time my feet hit that floor I want every demon in hell to scream he's up yep. cause I want to make sure I've rattled them gates as loud and as hard as I can to let them know alright You've had your fun, you tried to torment me, you tried to cut me out, you tried to kill me, you did everything in your book to get me to not do what I'm doing. So guess what? It's my turn to torment you yeah. and serve noses on you. Amen. So you know, just once again my my dad, my granddad, he's like a scholar in the Bible. He man, he's read so many books. I've had so many family members in my life. But my granddad, my dad, you know, both of them have, have molded me. My boss being an amazing man, giving me opportunities that nobody at my age has ever gotten. As you know, just recently I got a new a new position at my yeah. job that that is just opened up so many doors mm-hmm. for me. I'm I'm tw- you know, I'm twenty three years old. I'm married to an amazing wife that, that has a good career. We have a house. We have great friends. Mm-hmm. We have a good sense of family. Yeah. So my biggest message is sharing all of this with everybody. is not that the people can say, oh, my goodness, I didn't know you went through all this. I don't want that. What yeah. I want is or the person that is going through it or the person that been through it or the person that's going to go through it or the kid out there, the teenager yeah. they can relate to this to know that there is an other side. Amen. It was so many times, even with my faith, that I remember, sitting there looking at my gun cabinet thinking it would just be so much easier just to grab one and pull mm-hmm. triggers and go through all this stuff. This just isn't... It. This can't be where I'm supposed to go. And man, if you're going through any of that, if you're feeling any of that, if you've been through any of it, it's. it gets better. There's an end and through cross and through fellowship with people and through just the grace and mercy of God, you can take that horrible part of your life and flip it into the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. And man, in the moment, I never thought I would wind up here. I never thought I would be married to a woman uh, like Rochelle or even close to her, I never <laughs> thought i would be in the position i'm in i never thought i would be able to do help the same thing and i definitely never thought i would be on a podcast <laughs> with somebody with my speech that's a huge difference for me and i'm just i'm so thankful to you for allowing me to i am to come just on so
0: glad that you're on here you know um one of the things, like, I think I've told you, but I've always had trouble pronouncing so many mm. different words. I still have trouble a lot. Mm. And one of the main things when I was started this podcast was I don't like my voice. I hate the sound of my voice. I hate oh, the way I talk. It? See, everybody says that, but that is just, like, one of the things, like, the devil keeps saying is, like, no one's going to understand you no one's going to understand what you're saying but like this platform has became to something that I wanted to do as a hobby to a ministry work and it's like the devil will do so many things as like a lie he will tell you so many different lies but one of the things I've learned is that what the devil lies to you is the exact opposite of what God has called you to do so like I like I feel the Holy Spirit every time oh, yeah. that we're here at y'all's yes. house. We're here at his house currently right now. Robert and Michelle are in the other room, yep. but mm-hmm. like you could just feel the holy pre- uh, the holy presence whenever you're here, yeah. and no. it's just like God has an anointing on you.
1: Well, I appreciate it, and you know you bring up what the devil lies about it. The mm-hmm. opposite. I remember as a kid praying for my speech to go away. And I shared this with y'all. Had a revival. Another revival. And uh, <laughs> the preacher straight up pulled me up. And, and I was up at the altar praying. And he grabbed me by my shoulders and whispered, quit praying for the thing that God gave you to use against the devil to be taken away, He didn't give you that as a burden. He gave what what you see as a what you see as a bag as a burden. God gave to you as a sword. Amen. And and I knew his ankle. He was talking about my speech. And you know you are a Eli thief daily. Cause there's at times I'm laying in bed and I'm like, How did Rochelle listen to this every day? Like, Lord, you're talking about a miracle worker and uh, no but man test the platform you have it. I truly believe it's gonna go somewhere and and man with all of us together and C B C being what C B C is I I just I get excited knowing that every day we wake up and every day people at CBC gather, it just irks the devil. Oh, yeah. And it just rattles him to a core. Yeah. Okay. And to be honest, that, that just drives me even harder. Yep. So, like I said, I really appreciate you bringing me on. Um, once again i just want to say thank you to all my family that my aunt my granddad my dad both of them have been such a big part of my Mm -hmm. life my grandma who is now with the lord and i know she's up there having a good old time (laughs) um and my boss man i just if my boss is just i really want him to know he he truly has Helped me in ways he'll never understand, and he's given me opportunities and, and things, and my company just as a whole. Yeah. He's given me so many opportunities, and, and once again, I just i want to give
0: all the glory to God, for sure. Amen. I am so glad that you are here. Maybe one day in the future, we could have both you and Rochelle and me and Robert just kind of going at it, talking about marriage, oh, that's talking good. about Christ and marriage. I think that would be a really good episode. I think said, i said do it. <laughs> Well, stay tuned for that. Well, don't you have a YouTube, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I started a YouTube channel couple months ago, like I mentioned, I get a new position at work, so I actually took a, a hiatus as I got adjusted to the new position, but I do plan on starting it back up. So um, if you want to follow that, I do have three videos on that. I believe Tessie can put the link in the description. Definitely. I'll send her, um, she can put it on Instagram and
0: Definitely. stuff like that. And if you want to follow him on Instagram as well, I will have that linked below. And, um, yeah, I think that's it.
1: Along with picture of Along the picture Along with the
0: picture of the shirt. I am going to see this shirt right now. I am, that is, I did not know about that, wreck. Oh, yeah. That's insane. I
1: got pictures I'll show you after this.
0: Okay, guys, stay tuned for that Instagram post because that's going to be insane. Well, thank you, Trey, once again. I really appreciate you joining
1: me. Thank you. I had a good time, and hopefully, this touches somebody.
0: Oh, I know cool. it will because I'm over here, like, sniffing up a storm <laughs> because, like, I'm just so moved with it. But, alrighty, guys, we will see y'all next week. Bye, guys.
1: Bye, guys.